what's next for Cusp Boy and Taurus? Cornflakes keep you from doing what? You horny? Me neither. It's Seventh Day Adventism this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That, the podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hey, Nadia. How's it going? So good. Let's introduce our incredibly knowledgeable guest. Yes. Uh, he's the co-host of Culture Kings and host of the Wokest podcast on Stitcher Premium. Please welcome Edgar Montplazier. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank, thank you for today's topic. Seventh Day Adventism. Yeah. A Protestant Christian denomination. That's correct. That uh, Edgar grew up in. And That's that correct. is our topic for today that you're going to be talking about. Yeah, I know a lot about it because not only did I grow up in it, it was, uh, uh, I went to Adventist school majority of my life. Oh my god! Uh, I think eighty-five percent of my education was Adventist, and that includes college. Oh, we are going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> so I guess more than eighty-five <laughs> percent. I went to public school for two years in high school. How? What was that transition like? Uh, incredible for my mind. Uh, not incredible for my parents. Uh, I like went from zero to a hundred. Really? Yeah, yeah. Making out and wanting to have sex and not believing in God, being introduced to the theory of evolution in a way that wasn't mocking. Uh, yeah, wanting tattoos and all that stuff. It was crazy. I love that the first thing from the transition to school was making out. Of course. That was the yeah. number one thing. That was the number like, one thing. I am out of religious school. I'm in a public school. First thing I'm going to do is, is, is tonsil hockey somewhere. Well, I want to be clear. It's not because that's not happening in Adventist schools. That is very much happening in Adventist schools, but my class size multiplied, so my chances of meeting a person in multiplied you get what i'm saying oh, yeah. there was 12 no more fish in the sea. there was 10 kids in my high school graduating class when i went back to adventist school for my senior year Ooh, okay and in public school there was a lot more yeah. tiny <laughs> yeah very tiny, tiny school. schools yeah uh so let's get into this a little bit first off i mean you've, you're speaking to this a little bit but we always ask this question to all our guests why do you know that? I was, uh, uh, my mom became a Seventh-day Adventist when she moved to America from Haiti, uh, and then, you know, got really into it. My dad was raised an Adventist in Haiti and came to America and continued to be an Adventist, so they raised their three children as Adventist children. Okay, and this was uh, where in the U.S.? I was born and raised in New York City. At the age of 14, I moved to McAllen, Texas. Okay. So no matter what, there was always an Adventist church that you guys could go to. Absolutely. Go Absolutely. To. That was a massive factor into where my mom was picking to move. Uh, and in fact, the reason why we live in McAllen, Texas is because she at one point became exhausted because she couldn't find a place that both had affordable living and Adventist schools. It was either one or the other. It was like, oh, there's an Adventist school in Maryland, but the cost of living is a lot higher than I expected and stuff like that. And so she went to an Adventist church that she didn't normally go to in the Bronx, uh, uh, called Bethel and said like a prayer request out loud I'm looking for this place for my kids to live and all this stuff and this woman came up to him and said hey you used to know my son Samuel uh, you guys like you know used to hang out when you guys were younger he lives in this place called McAllen Texas now you should hit him up and check it out that and she did and she fell in love with it divine intervention wow. Adventism is a major part of my life in a way that I don't like do <laughs> 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 uh, are you any kind of religious at all now i was talking about this yesterday with someone i um i pray on airplanes 
And I think I, there's some part of me that does believe in some sort of a structure, but I think that's just a structural part of my brain that I can't get rid of. But I don't think I'm an Adventist at all. Mm-hmm. Like uh, any other, like, is there a God? I I think possibly. I think possibly it's too complicated for all this stuff to be chaotic. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. But I don't know what's in charge. But I think there's something in charge. Some kind of universe force. Something. Of some kind, yeah. Something. I get that. I, I get spiritual in the lamest of ways. Like, <laughs> I am such a basic bitch of, like, spiritualism. Like, for example, I got into my Uber today, and my Uber driver was like, oh, your name is Edgar? I bet you're a writer. And I was like, I am a writer. And then they were like, ah... Edgar, he told me about this other Edgar. What was his name? Edgar Parks or something like that. Alan Poe? Uh, no, it wasn't. Because I said Alan Poe first. And then he said, he was a Chinese man. And he said, no, there was this Edgar who was a Chinese, who uh, like couldn't make it in America and went to China. Was the first American reporter to write about China and the Chinese Communist Revolution and all this stuff. Then I was just like, that's crazy. Like a lot of Edgars in history were writers. Wow. Because you have Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar Rice Burroughs, Edgar Wright, and this guy. Because God made it so. I guess. Something. <laughs> That's like, uh, I said, it's like a basic bitch version I, of like... I totally relate to the playing on air, or praying on airplanes thing. Oh, though. really? Like, well, now, okay. Yes, now I'm sure there's something. Yeah. <laughs> I, before I got on the plane, I was, you know, I was... Back and forth, not totally sure, but Saying now that I'm on a plane, God out loud exactly. and stuff like that. Now yeah. there is a God, and if I pray, the plane, the plane won't crash. Yeah, I pick one person on the plane and pray for them i uh i have airplane superstitions i don't necessarily pray though but i do definitely have this weirdo thing that's like if i don't and i've picked it up from other people so it's not even something i grew up with but it's like if i don't buy now that you had to buy water when you go yeah. and you have to you know dump everything before yeah. it goes through u.s security at least uh if i don't buy a bottle of water to then take on the plane i'm like well, you don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. I don't know where the exactly this got built into my brain, but yeah. now it's a, such a part of it that it's like a prayer. I have, um, uh, for as long as I can remember, when we start to take off, I have to count. To I count for two minutes because like, I just remember either a movie or, or the news or something being said that like... Um, like the first two minutes, like taking off is the most dangerous and the most likely for a crash. So I have to count for two minutes so that I know. Oh, all man. right, I did not want. I did not want to know that information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on Don't a flight on count. Thursday just night. Count. All right, count. I will count. <laughs> uh, oh no, we fucked you up. My, uh, I, I'm a, a very bad flyer, also. Uh, Steve, are you spiritual at all besides the airplane thing? Um, or religious? I guess kind of. I come and go in the same way. Like mm-hmm. it all seems to be too, too much to just be random. Mm-hmm. But then also, who knows? But I'm okay with that. I feel yeah. like, um, uh. The opening song of The Leftovers on HBO is this wonderful little song about letting the mystery be. Yes. Like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, look, I don't need to know. I'm already all in on this podcast because yeah, right? we're already talking about The Leftovers, yeah. which I think is such an underrated oh, show. So good. It's yes. Real good. Yes. It will. It'll fuck you up. It will fuck you up. Absolutely. Very, very good. Yes. What I wanted Lost to be. Mm. And it was. I think it was Lindelof's apology for how bad Lost ended. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he gave he paid it back. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think that's my religion. (laughs) My religion is the theme song to (laughs) HBO's The Left. I like that. Uh. Yeah. I feel like I'm 
I grew up with two different religions. My mother was Catholic and my father is Muslim. Wow. It was a very odd intersection of Abrahamic faiths, Mm -hmm. and neither really pushed it too hard on me or my sister, but it was always present. Like, the idea that God exists was not a thing that was questioned Mm -hmm. in my house. Mm -hmm. Talk about some of the uh, things that make the Seventh-day Adventist church different from other Protestant denominations. Well, the the first one is in the name, Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, It's the idea that God rested on the seventh day of the week, which by Gregorian calendars is Saturday. Uh, Universal uh, Studios employees calendars also. Yeah, (laughs) because there are some people who count Sunday as that seventh day, which is a big part of Adventism that we'll talk about later. Uh, So uh, one of their founding things is that the Sabbath, the holy day is indeed Saturday and that that should be a day of rest. Mm-hmm. And by rest, they mean you don't do anything. So very similar to Orthodox Judaism. Correct. Where you you go to church Correct. on Saturday and then I assume that there's some sort of Bible study that also happens on Saturday. Sure, why not, yeah. Um, and uh, Already that sounds like too much of a day. Hey, I mean, <laughs> to say you do nothing and then all of a sudden throw church and Bible study. Well, you actually flip it. So what happens is the Bible study comes first. It's this thing called Sabbath school, and then you have the regular church service, and then there are options beyond that. Uh, what about things similar to uh, Orthodox Judaism, like uh, electricity and that sort of thing? Is the uh, idea that like even turning on lights is considered work, or is it not that extreme? It's not that extreme, but there are other extremes. Uh, no television. Uh, no. Uh, 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 secular music. Wow, I haven't even used some of these terms in so long, like secular, that I forgot it. I was like, what's that word for something that's not churchy? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you're not supposed to prepare food mm-hmm. by fire. Uh, it must be already be prepared. You, like, you can't cook something new. At most, you can heat it up. Because okay. it's already been, you can't cook something fresh. And then, of course, yes, out working, like you can't go to work and make money. Right. That day is for the Lord and the Lord only. Are these all observed, um, like I grew up Catholic and there were rules like during Lent, don't eat meat on Fridays and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that were, we didn't do, how, how strictly did you, uh, did your household follow? My household that? was very strict about it, but it's interesting. Adventism kind of follows the same trends. And I think it's true of maybe every religion that America follows. I was from New York. You know, a predominantly black family, predominantly black neighborhood. Uh, so the way that they followed the religion was very, very strict. Some of the white kids I knew were a little looser. Uh, when I moved to Texas, even more strict. I went to an Adventist college in California. The loosest followings of the rules. Like, everyone was so chill and liberal about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. People go to church in their jeans and stuff. Yeah, they're in that Cali lifestyle. Exactly. And it's so weird of, like, how the religion is also morphed by these things that are also true in terms of politics and stuff like that as well. Do you think, and this is more of a question from me to you. Sure. uh, Because my dad's an immigrant from Cairo, Egypt. Of course. And so, do you think that immigrant parents who are... Uh, more into their religion than maybe other immigrant parents that may don't have a religion or don't care as much. Do you feel like they push it harder because they're like, we're in America now and we need to make sure that our kids have a moral compass because America is sometimes seen by other places as not having as much of one? I've never considered that before and I think that is 
a very brilliant take on that. Like, I think that that's probably also very true. Another thing that I think is true is my mom came to this country when she was like 15, 16 years old and didn't have any friends or anything like that. And here comes around this little religion that provides her people that she knows that provides her structure and stuff like that. And I think that that is a big part of it as well as an immigrant is like, it gives you an entire family. It mm-hmm. gives your kids a school and like, you know, it gives them, more than just school there's like a whole another thing called pathfinders which is this other weird thing that we can talk about it's like an adventist version of boy scouts uh just for adventist and uh like you know like it provides all this structure and i think that's very attractive to someone it's like a ready-made kit like here's, yeah. what you need. here's your lifestyle yeah here's all the rules to follow yeah. all the things you need to do and not do and then yeah your new so. american life starter pack yeah. includes yeah. religious Institution. The number one occupation in Adventism is healthcare. Uh, it's like Adventism's number one export, right? We're like amazing doctors and stuff like that. Famous doctor who's Adventist, Doctor Ben Carson. Um, so, uh, and obviously Doctor Harvey Kellogg. Uh, and so, I think that like my mom being a nurse, that's another thing that's very attractive about it and stuff like that. Even though she never worked in Adventist health. But, yeah, like, it just provided her, like you said, a ready-made kit of how to be an American. Right. Um, A few other things that I picked up in my research about Seventh-day Adventism. Please, hit the, me. The emphasis on is on the second coming. Correct. And the idea behind that is... The idea is that... Uh, uh, the, the second coming is the more important thing and that Correct. when it happens Correct. um the uh it, not only is it imminent but at that point then when the second coming comes mm-hmm. uh then it's it's not quite the same as evangelicals understandings of the second coming is basically what i'm trying to say like sure. evangelical belief is that the second coming comes and then the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse show up yeah. and chaos and reign of fire and those who were good boys and girls get ascended to heaven and live in eternal glory is i it's different from that it's correct? very much so different i think that adventism uh is a lot more open to a lot more metaphorical translations of that and they do believe in an end of world and some some of those things happening uh one big thing uh that they don't believe in is the uh fuck what's that term uh it's what leftovers is ripping off or not ripping off oh, inspired yeah. by uh, uh fuck behind yeah yes yes that is a big world thing that purge. what's that called what is it called when people all, all those people disappear there's a oh oh shit oh man mm. we all know it. yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah but adventism really does not believe that and it's like a very strong thing about it where they don't think that that's true at all um but rapture rapture oh my god there it is how rapture. the fuck rapture. did we <laughs> it's a rapture adventists don't believe in the rapture at all they uh, they strongly disagree with it uh mostly because and i'm paraphrasing a lot of it but they think that when jesus comes well i'm skipping over a lot of things one a big thing about adventism is that they don't believe in a heaven or hell actively it happens after the second coming of jesus christ so anyone who's dead right now is dead they don't think that when you die you go to heaven or you go to hell you're dead and then when jesus comes the idea is that he's gonna do this <laughs> he's gonna do this judgment in front of everyone where we'll see everyone's acts and all that and that's how you decide whether someone goes to heaven or hell okay. that does sound good <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just don't know where we'll have the time. I don't know where I'll have the, I don't know about the space. I mean, I don't know about getting tickets, but the idea of everybody getting together and then everyone just watches everybody's shit. Yeah. Like, that's like a big part of Adventism yeah. is that like uh, uh, all our deeds and stuff have mm. been recorded and stuff like that. It's like a your permanent record in yes, life, yes. and then it, it, when the rapture happens, it will be put on display. Well, so there's no and, rapture. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. second coming. When the second coming happens. Yeah, second advent. Yes. That's where the word advent means mm. comes from. Okay. So when this happens, we are all put on a big stage and basically uh, God decides, okay, yes, no. yeah. It's essentially like a Broadway audition where it's yes. like dancers come in. It's like 64, 66, 60, everybody else can go home. But rather than being judged on your audition currently, you're judged on your auditions in the past. Right, which is got to fuck with a person's head. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I was terrified. I was always terrified of like, oh, I just did this thing that's on my record. Is oh, there I just did this thing. like... Um in Catholicism, uh, it's very famous for, well, I'm sorry, so I'm forgiven. Great. Is there any sort of... I love this question, because <laughs> it is the thing that used to fuck with me the most. Adventists have a very strong... I mean, if the Adventists have any beef with anyone in the world, it's specifically Catholics. And they think that... It's true. They think that the Pope is this guy who's going to take over the world and force the world to all be under one religion and where we worship on Sunday. It's like a very weird thing. But... One of the things that they don't like about the Catholic religion is the idea of committing a sin knowing you can be forgiven for it. And it's like they think it's considered one of the worst sins that you can do is you go into something being like, well, I can just say I'm sorry yeah. later. And that's I think it's very similar to the logic of like with a genie, like wishing for more wishes. Yes. You're just gaming the system. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They call it carrying the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's so weird because like Adventism, like, you know, one of the things that shits on with the Pope is just like there's no one holier than God. There's no one like no one should be more important than God. And at, at times it does feel like with Catholicism that the Pope might be centered as that. But what's so weird is we have our own version of it. And I don't know if you caught it in your research, so I'll let you get to this person in your research if you caught it. But maybe I should just say it, and then you let me know if you know anything about it. You say it, and then I'm going to double check. Ellen G. White. Yes. Did that no. name come across for you guys Absolutely. at all? Yeah. Okay, cool. We One of the founders. We can talk about her. Yeah, she's get into uh, it. She's a big deal. Uh, Ellen G. White was a person. So Adventism started because there was like this period in American history where religion was like the new hot thing. Yes. Everyone wanted to be into religion. They would go to like these like tent revivals, which were like Coachella for religion. Yeah. Uh, like kids would go and feel the spirit and stuff like that. And one of the popular fades of the, uh, facade, uh, whatever, things at that time was Millerism. Mm hmm. Yes. So the Millerite movement came out of the 1840s in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And that was a phase of what you're talking about, which is the religious Coachella, aka the Second Great Awakening. Yes. It was a great awakening religious about Coachella. like. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. It's like, because it was young people. Like these people weren't like in their 40s or yes. 50s. They were our age or much younger and were just hot for religion. Yeah. And keep in mind, there was already a first great awakening that happened. Prior to the Revolutionary correct, War. Correct, um, so It's what inspired a lot of the revolutionary thought. Yeah. Is that religious Woodstock then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. it makes sense. Now it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yes. that's like religious Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Right, right. The Second Great Awakening is more like religious uh, Ariana Grande and Charlie XCX. Because it was bastardizations of a lot of the things that those people had done. Yes. So anyway, the Millerite movement happens. Uh, William Miller mm -hmm. predicts 
on the basis of a of Daniel eight fourteen to sixteen. That is correct. Uh, that Jesus Christ would return to the earth between the spring of eighteen forty three and the spring of eighteen forty four. You want me so, to break it down? Yes, please. So there's that chapter where it, basically Jesus is talking about the cleansing of the temple and stuff like that. And basically what William Miller mistaken was that Jesus moving into the temple was supposed to be this big symbolic movement. And that that meant that, oh, Jesus is coming. Uh, and then that's when he was just like, he did the math and he was just like, oh, that's happening this those specific years. And he kind of got the math wrong. Yeah. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Uh, so then in the summer of 1844, Millerites came to believe Jesus would show up in October, specifically October 22nd of yes, that year. Of so it's like, we got three months. Jesus Correct. coming. Correct. Uh, and that's how they understood the biblical day of atonement to be for that year. That is correct. And then I love this phrase. His failed prediction became known as the great disappointment. That is correct. Which is something that I feel like should be applied to so many other things in life. Just the phrase, the great disappointment. Can you imagine that being like one of the things you're most known for is something called the great disappointment? Yeah. And not only that, it's like something that like is not celebrated in Adventism, but we talk about it like in the way that you talk about like Christopher Columbus Day. If I like Google great disappointment is is that like is it well known is it like it's like a, within, a historical event okay within the church or like within like i think within the united states okay the great disappointment because like they were like all over the news like you know like they were a big thing like people were like all these people they sold their property it was like a massive thing and then nothing happened there was one was it 2014 yeah or? yeah may 20th my yeah. birthday they thought that uh, the world was gonna end birthday's the 20th i'm the 19th oh hey you're, what's up my man gemini uh, oh, on that cusp, cusp, yeah. yeah. Like cusp, cusp. Mm. cusp, cusp, yeah. Little cusp boy and then a Taurus. Yeah, cusp boy and Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> Playing at uh, the religious Coachella. Yep. <laughs> cusp boy and Taurus. Um, so then this guy Hiram Edson and mm -hmm. other Millerites uh, figured out that the interpretation was flawed. And then those Adventists figured out that, okay... Christ's interest, entrance into the most holy place. That's correct. sanctuary. Yeah. That's what's happening. Not the second coming. Yes. Uh, and then that developed into the doctrine of investigative judgment. Yes. And then... That's, so that's what we were talking yes. about. This idea of that God is now looking at our actions and Jesus is pleading his case. Our case. Wait. Yes. Our case on his behalf? I don't know. Right. Essentially, that is when the let's all put you on stage and judge you for every fucking thing exactly. you've ever done happens. Exactly. Um, and so the second coming is still imminent, but we'll deal with it later. Yeah. So you don't really know when it's happening. It's much more closer to like normal revelations type stuff, which yes. is he's coming back, but we don't have we a don't specific know. date anymore. Yes. Uh, which is smarter. Yeah. 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 It's sort of a new Coke situation. Yes. <laughs> like, we're not just going to assume that this is, ha like, going to work for everybody, but, like, if it works later, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have this new religion that starts from this, and they were going through an identity crisis because they, they wanted to separate themselves from other religions and stuff like that. And so here comes this woman who ends up defining a lot of the things that Adventist practice today called Ellen G. White. Mm -hmm. uh, she was very young. At a very young age, she got hit by a rock. And then uh, no one talks about that. 
But some years later, she starts having visions. Okay. And in these visions, she's being talked to by God, and she writes all these books. The uh, most popular of that book is The Desire of Ages, which is like uh, an Adventist staple. Okay. Talk us through what makes that a staple. Uh, she essentially explains the battle of good and evil in a way that we hadn't really considered before. Uh, so, like, I think that I think that, like, there are a lot of things that people thought about Jesus Christ that she sort of, like, explained differently. She explained that Lucifer was an angel originally Mm -hmm. and that he was there and that he rebelled against God for some reason. And that is part of why he is so, like, strongly trying to get people to be on his side and stuff like that. Then she explained that Jesus dying on the cross was about him dying for all of our sins and wanting to get forgiveness and 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 then she also explained that this war that everyone is anticipating the end of the world is a lot more metaphorical than it is actual that there's not this big massive crisis going to happen it's more of a crisis of morality these feel like a lot of things that are kind of in modern day church Mm -hmm. and not necessarily like on the fringes and yet, Seventh-day Adventism doesn't, it, it is, what is it? It is the fifth largest Christian communion worldwide. Correct. Um, but it does not necessarily feel like that. It does, it, compared to, say, evangelicalism, which feels bigger, I think maybe because they just have a louder, more brazen presence. I think the Saturday thing is going to be a hard thing for them to get over. Like, I, I think people, <laughs> right. I, I truly do. I think people are so used to going to church on Sunday. It's become so normalized. Right. And so the idea of like switching it up to a different day and then going to work on Sunday just fucks with people's heads. Absolutely. Uh, and that is why these things that are kind of almost like more basic churchy tenets, like everything that you're describing, like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. That's yeah. not like... Uh, it's not like quite like with Mormonism where you go, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. As a planet? Adventism isn't that crazy. Right. I think it's just peculiar because of a few rules. Right. Like? Like going to church on Saturday, no tattoos, no drinking, uh, no sex before marriage, uh, a strong suggestion for a vegetarian diet. Yes, that's a big one. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> the religion of Adventism... <laughs> Specifically in the city of Loma Linda, you, California. You looked at me, so I felt I needed to say something. <laughs> no, I just... I'm it was sorry, very it's just, funny. It's just the way you say <laughs> It felt like a PBS masterpiece dropped. Yeah. Oh, really? Is uh, that so, Edgar? But yes, Vegetarian. Um, so. uh, the city of Loma Linda in and of itself is yes. a... A blue zone, which is a, an area in which people live over the age of 100 years old. And then that's a lot to do with the Adventist diet. Because wow. you're not eating meat. That's correct. And you're, you're not smoking. Kosher too. You're not drinking, you're kosher. Okay. Because, yeah, everything that is, uh, anything that's quote unclean in the Bible is also off the table. Correct. Okay. Is and, that why you don't eat uh, meat? Because it's unclean? No. Because life is precious? I think LNG took it a step further and was just like a lot of this meat is leading to disease and stuff like that. Oh. And there's a lot of arguments of whether she stole that or not from other people. I Ooh. think she's a plagiarist. But, uh... <laughs> Go off! <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I think it's like so weird that we don't talk about the fact that she got hit in the head with a rock and then started seeing well, things. Well, that was fell from heaven yeah <laughs> that was a rock from heaven no it was in like uh it was like they were playing in like school or something and someone hit her in the head with a rock yeah that's 
problem like there's a much more direct scientific correlation to getting hit in the head with a rock and then seeing and then being like oh god's talking to me like she would go comatose and then come back from it and be like oh i saw these things and write them down oh shit um she's a star now she's huge uh so she's the one in adventism She's hosting SNL. Yeah, in Adventist, though. Musical guest, Ariana Grande, and your host, Ellen G. Watt. (laughs) Um, I have a terrible Don Pardo. Hey, I loved it. I was here for it. Uh, You tried. I did. You went out there. I do. I I committed. Yeah. Much like you're supposed to do in religion. Who am I to judge? There you go. Also a thing. You're not supposed to do in religion. Hey, Steve and I would like to join the church. Uh, I don't think we I could name a thousand reasons as to why you wouldn't. <laughs> so there's this emphasis on like health, and there's a health. That is message. correct. That is correct. And um, so vegetarianism is part of that. That mm-hmm. might have been ripped off. The kosher thing, Steve, is basically just like in the Bible. You had to think about the fact that all this started in the desert. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, let's not eat the shit that gets us sick. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Like pig, shrimp, yes. things like that. They they couldn't properly store and take care of. Right. There was no refrigeration. So as a result, it's just like I grew up eating no pork because my dad's Muslim so and I think so much of it just comes from this idea of like you can't eat it it will go bad you will die Mm -hmm. Um, but no one thinks about that no one talks about that they all think it's like for religious reasons and it's like no these are just good ideas yeah yeah it's stuff that just made logical sense at the time at the time that's now very dated yeah very dated but still like when a woman was on her period, they would separate her from the rest of the camp and stuff like that. Well, that's just good sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at the time they were just like, "This is probably better for her health and not mm-hmm. be around all these people who don't know it." Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But we wouldn't do that now or because she's probably like, "I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna be over there." Yeah, I don't want to be around any of you guys. Yeah. But now that's like barbaric. Like, why would we do that? Yeah. Did you abstain from caffeine too in your house? Uh, yes. Ooh. Okay. Which is why my favorite drink is Sprite. Ooh, yes. Because it's caffeine-free. It's a delicious beverage. Mm-hmm. But I did not grow up drinking Coke. I was not allowed to have Coke. Caffeine is a big no-no in Adventism. Were there ever any times, like, did you have any um, friends that were different religions or, like, go to parties where there were, like, there was yeah. Coke and pizza or anything? No, I would not have any. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So there was never, like, a, a sneak away? Have I mean, I had coffee one time in high school and hated it. Fair. It, like, made me shake. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, to have gone that long to not have Not have it, yeah. yeah, that would be... Yeah, you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah. And every time I have it now, I feel awful. I, if I go, I'm a coffee addict, and if I go, like, three days without it, I'll suddenly be like, okay, I have a headache, but then I'm going to get over it. And then if, by day five, it's like, oh, I have a cup of coffee, and then I'm like, oh my god, what's happening to my body? Uh, It's a drug. Yeah, it's not good for you, but I love it. It ends in I-N-E. It's a drug. Um, so, uh, we've got, uh, the church gets formally established like 20 years later, mm-hmm. um, in Michigan. That's right. Do you know where Battle Creek Shout is? Shout out Battle Creek, Do Michigan. Do I know where Matt Battle Creek is? Yes. Of course I know where Battle Creek is. Steve's from Michigan. Oh, Michigan. really? Western Michigan University. So oh, wow. You'd have to drive through Battle Creek to get there. That's a big admin yeah. spot, as well as Berrien Springs. Are you familiar with Berrien Springs? I'm not familiar with Berrien Springs. Or St. Joseph's? I am very familiar with the, um, uh, I-96, the, no, no, I-94. Um, from Chicago to Detroit and uh, around like Battle Creek, that area, lots of um, lots of Seventh Day Adventist that is correct. That's uh, correct. Talking about um, 
join us basically yeah yeah lots lots of those billboards my ex-fiance was from baron springs michigan wow where there's a very large adventist university uh, more important than Ad- adventism in battle creek is of course the kellogg's cereal headquarters that yes! is correct which is not more important than adventism very much so linked to adventism really dr Har- john harvey kellogg was an adventist yes i uh, uh the idea, the modern commercial concept of cereal food originated among Adventists. Adventists are responsible for cereal. That is... <laughs> that just blow I'm, your mind? Steve, Here's the thing. Steve left this planet I <laughs> came back Edgar, with I his believe, head back intact. Yeah, I believe that there are lots of reasons why one would not be happy to grow up and be Adventist. But so far, you've listed so many things that I'm kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse to not do anything on Saturday? I mean, I, just wait. I think In you have to experience cereal? it as a kid. Like, you know, oh, like as a kid... Fair be watching TV on a Friday afternoon and have the sun go down and then your mom take the remote and Absolutely. change it to 3ABN, which is a Adventist television network, and then be like, fuck. <laughs> but you're right. Having a Saturday off sounds right? great. I think it's also things that, like, if I just treated myself better, I just would have. You yes. Know? Like, I could just be a vegetarian and yes. eat better. I could just drink less caffeine. I could just... You- Give myself a day of rest. <laughs> These are all things that I guess I don't need to join a religion for, but... My, my body is it's like, do I want to live to 100? And the answer is <laughs> no. My body's got to start... Once I've already told a lot of people this, but like once my body starts to like truly fall apart, not like, oh, I need to you know go yeah. to doctors for something extra. But once I'm like really starting to go... Take me out back like old yeller. I do not want to go slow. Like, just end it. End it. I'm done. The body is falling apart. We're not going to replace the transmission in this vehicle, so mm-hmm. to speak. Just get me out of here. Um, I want to I wanna stick around if, if like, um, if I'm still mentally sharp. Like, yes. Like, if, if I'm, if everything else has fallen apart and I'm immobile, but I'm still, like, funny yeah <laughs> but i'm still like with it and aware yeah I yeah i my my body may be shitting in garbonite but i'm witty <laughs> the world needs to experience my wit i can still can i can i be wheeled to do stand-up <laughs> okay yes yes then, yes then keep me around uh are you at a point where you're like have you even given this any thought are you just like no mortality scares me i don't want to have this discussion i thought i was going to be dead at 27 I just turned 28 and I was very disappointed. <laughs> so Your this whole great yeah, disappointment. this whole this whole idea of making it to 100 it's like oh fuck I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> uh I feel I I get that 100%. Um so cereal. Uh so like basically Adventists are the ones that push cereal into the western diet. Cornflakes. Yeah. yeah. And uh is there specifically why cornflakes became the go-to health food as like far as you know i think it didn't have sugar at the time which is no longer the case i mean like you know kellogg's i don't think the kellogg family is religious anymore i don't think that they're associated with adventism at all i think that was part of the split i'm basing this off of an episode of drunk history but like john dr john harvey kellogg and his brother andrew split and dr john harvey kellogg went more on the medicine side and then andrew continued to run the kellogg company and was no longer adventist but it's just really healthy like it if you have no sugar in it like cornbread is just good for you yeah uh but i mean like who's who's getting cornflakes and not like 
putting sugar in it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like... Yeah. Or berries. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like raspberries and cornflakes. Mm-hmm. But it's also meant to stop you from masturbating. Yes. Cornflakes. Yes. Really? Yeah. That I do feel like <laughs> I've heard. Dr. John... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. John Harvey Kellogg was very much so against masturbation. He uh, thought it was evil. Yeah, he, yeah, the court, yeah. If you- which, which, like, I'm just going to break this down once again for the people listening at home. The man who invent- made cereal popular believed that the cereal would help you stop yourself from jerking off. It was so yourself. bland. It was, was so bland. Was less ever used as like marketing? Like, <laughs> are there, in the back of comic books that like little kids are getting and reading, like Archie comics in the back, is it like eat cornflakes so you don't have to masturbate? I believe so. Yeah. Wow. I, and that's definitely I've heard that. I, that's. That is with like other like masturbation um, myths like hairy palms and stuff. I've heard, I've heard cornflakes before. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a movie from like the is it late eighties, early nineties. Sorry, movie? Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is sort of about John Keller. It's like also, Welcome to Wellville or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's also like making fun of it. Yes. And I feel like there's a whole scene that essentially involves people riding around on bicycles and they're like, it feels great. And the whole joke is like, oh, you can get off riding a bike. Yeah. Um, there's also a scene of them all going around and going, ha, 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 ha. Like they're all like fake laughing because it's supposed to make them feel better. Right. They're at his sanitarium, mm-hmm. Dr. Harvey Kellogg's, John Harvey Kellogg's sanitarium. Um, he was apparently like really, really aware of STDs, um, yes. syphilis, which before uh, the 1910s there was no cure for. So he ended up devoting like a ton of his time to this. And I feel like that might be part of what it was is like, yeah. don't get off. And then that if you just are abstinent from yourself and you only have sex with like your married partner, then you won't get syphilis and die. And that sex should not be lustful. That sex should truly only be for the reasons of procreation. Like through a hole in the sheet situation. Like I mean, he was like, he essentially, it, when you read his writing, it almost felt like he was saying, don't enjoy having sex. Which is so like the idea of like, hey, you horny? Me neither. Want to make kids? When is that ever going to be? When, when are two adults ever going to be like, I don't want, I don't feel like having sex, but I do want to bring children into this world. It does feel like a really big oversight that when they were writing up what happened into the Bible, that it wasn't be fruitful and multiply. And when you are fruitful and multiply, be fucking horny doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that part's missing. So it's really easy to misinterpret and just say, have kids. But there should be a part that's like, and hey, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Give yourself a little break. Yeah. You know, get into it. Have some fun. If it feels good, it's good. Yeah. It, 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 that part is missing from a lot of biblical text, it would seem. So I agree. It, it it's always strikes me as weird when people are like, well, we have to, you know, have kids because that is part of God's plan. And I go, yeah, but... Have a little fun. Yeah. How about you? Oh, while you do yeah. it. Spice it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that Kellogg also was... Uh, following the teachings of a guy named Sylvester Graham, who inspired the creation of the Graham Cracker. Oh, I did not know that. And that was also advocated to prevent sexual arousal. There you go. So two of America's favorite foods were to stop you from being fucking horny. 
Adventism out here taking it all. We're also behind the snack Little Debbie's. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. These are three very important, like, foods. These are like young Steve. These are Steve's food groups. Yeah. I have cereal every morning as a kid. I love graham crackers. And, oh, yeah, we would always have Little Debbie's. What are the ones that are, like, swirly with, like, the... Yeah. Those ones? Yeah. I fucking love those. That's mm. a ho-ho. Or Drake's Cakes has them, but they're called something different. Yeah, yeah. they're not as good. No. Little Debbie's has the lock on, like, if you want a quality snack Those cake. peanut butter wafer ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At a reasonable price. Zebra Cakes? Yeah. Yep. I could go on and on listing the shit, and I won't. Uh... So, like, yeah, it, it's very interesting that, uh, so much of what happened out of the health message of Adventism ended up being be healthy and also, uh, keep your dick down like i have that poster <laughs> <laughs> and, and dick down um do you think that there's something to the idea that like if they had loosened up those rules slightly that things in the church would be different like do you think that that just comes from the time like like i said uh, syphilis didn't have a cure we didn't have a pill like how much of this was as we've mentioned before, common sense stuff or really? I think it was common sense stuff. And okay. I think that, like, you know, uh, America was in such a flux in the late 1800s that, you know, you had the Industrial Revolution right around the corner. Slavery was this big moral issue that everyone was struggling with. So, again, you have this religion that's offering this guidance in a time when there's so much lawlessness. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the thing that I was trying to wrap my head around that didn't make as much sense to me was the 28 fundamental beliefs. Oh, boy. The 28. Can you name the 28? I cannot. Okay. I uh, You only have to repeat them back. Well, someone lists them, and then you have to repeat them back. to uh, Not repeat them, but to say I believe in them when you get baptized. But, yeah, hit me with each one. I'll try to break down each one as much as I can. Uh, What's the first one? I don't know if I wrote all of them down. I'm going to look them up just to be sure. Uh because I feel like what I wrote was sort of the... Naming the weird. Let's just do the weird ones. Um, Let's do the weird the ones, ones that, that you kept. So, like, uh, we have the second coming and end times. We already talked about that. Correct. Holistic human nature. So, one through five are doctrines of God. Correct. So, we got Holy Scriptures, Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. They believe that those are all one person expressed in three different ways okay so i think that's like a big differentiation from other religions it's like i don't they don't believe in a literal holy ghost a literal jesus and a literal god it's all the same person expressed in three different ways got it which is way different from catholicism yeah but also like it makes sense <laughs> i feel like you were converting steve i hope not i really <laughs> hope not steve no no i can't get involved in another bad religion i did groundlings <laughs> that's great uh, so we have number six creation yes and the nature of humanity Those and that creation the- was literally done in seven days that's a big part of adventism okay so that's closer to the evangelical side which is like no 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 wasn't done or six time. days i am so sorry right because then you had to rest that's correct and that's why you can't watch cartoons on but he saturday. rested on saturday yeah. not yes. sunday not sunday uh, then we have 8 through 11, which are the doctrines of salvation. Right. So, so there's the great controversy. That's, uh, yes. Uh, the life, death, and resurrection Which is another uh, LNG White book. Uh, the experience of salvation 
and mm-hmm. growing in Christ. So mm-hmm. these are essentially how you will be saved. Yes. So there's no magic word that you snap your fingers and say to be forgiven. Christ has already paid for your sins. It's your faith saved by faith, not works, grace, not acts, but still be a good person. Right. Uh, and then we've got 12 through 18, which are the doctrines of the church. Sure. So you got the church itself. You have the remnant and its mission. Yes. You have unity in the body of Christ. Yes. Baptism. Yes. The Lord's Supper. Yes. Spiritual gifts and ministries. Yes. And the gift of prophecy. Yes. And that essentially adds up to like, this is our deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, the gift of prophecy is that LNG White was actually talking to god and wasn't just hitting the head with rock that is correct heaven rock (laughs) that somebody that someone threw Mm -hmm. a rock fell from heaven as a kid picked it up and threw it at ellen (laughs) it's sort of like you know when you go to coachella and someone throws a beer can and then it hits you on that and then you start seeing things yes Mm -hmm. exactly and it's definitely not because of the ayahuasca you took it is 100 percent because you got hit in the head with that beer can Mm mm-hmm uh, so we got 19 through 23, which are the doctrines of Christian living. And I think this is where it gets into more of the nitpicky. Okay, you got the law, the law of God. Sure. Sabbath. Yes. Stewardship. Yeah. It's the idea that you should give back through offering. Okay. Like tithing? Yes. Okay. 10% okay. of your income. That seems to be the standard, which I'm surprised... There hasn't been a religion that's like what you know that's sort of working the way Hollywood agencies are. It's like what if we package this and do like your whole family has to give fifty percent? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> or like, like, instead of taking every week, we'll take one thing off the top. Yeah. Most religions they're going to take ten percent, but here at my church, nine point five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like try to get people by lower tithing. Yeah. yeah. An eight percent tithing or a twelve percent—that's how you really know we care about mm-hmm. uh, the connection between mm-hmm. you and God. Uh, we only take tithe if you book the blessing (laughs) you never want to go to a church that is asking you for the tithing up front before you even attended service that's a scam that's what I'm saying Uh, okay then we have Christian behavior sure which is essentially like be a good person yeah there's like some some guidelines that we live by we don't drink we don't curse we're not of this world simply living in it right that's something my mom tells me a lot uh, and then marriage and family. Yes. Uh, man and woman. That is correct. And no sex before it. Yes. And uh, uh, LGBTQ. What's that? Never heard of it. Not friendly. Doesn't exist. Got it. Uh, Again, looser by the states. <laughs> Hollywood Adventist Church lost its pastor Ryan Bell because he would marry gay people in his church. Oh, so they stripped him of his. Uh, that is correct. They they unordained him. <gasps> He was doing the right thing. Again, looser by it's like very weird, very political. Ugh. They also don't like you, Nadia. Women are not allowed to be ordained right. by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm. It is a major issue that is happening right now in mm. which the whole general conference, which is all Adventist churches everywhere, is holding that position. But North American Division and specifically places like California and New York are fighting against it and they're threatening to pull out. I was trying to think of a good uh, dick joke for pull out, and then oh. my brain went blank. It's okay. Because <laughs> there wasn't one. Because I was eating these cornflakes, <laughs> and was, my brain is so bland. Also, there wasn't one. You're right. That was one of those, like, I can beat this. I can beat myself. Yeah. And then you spend 45 seconds, mm-hmm. and you're like, uh, oh, everyone's quiet. Shit. 
you're not horny enough because you didn't have your cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> is there ever a moment where the cornflakes made people more horny? Is there just Probably. one guy who's just like, oh, and just like. And he came in his cornflakes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry for that image. Well, he ran out of milk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a worse image because now he's eating it. <laughs> is the question if there's ever been a person who gets horny eating cornflakes that was yes. the question yes okay. that is a question on the table currently yeah, and, see yeah, do you have yeah. an answer well i mean you're the you're the <laughs> i'm not the expert no <laughs> <laughs> did ellen g white ever write about like if you get horny mm-hmm. eating the things that are supposed to keep you from being horny uh uh you know we have a center set <laughs> i hope not i i'd hope that she didn't i hope yeah I, I, also, I hope that she never wrote about being horny. I she was that, a hideous person. Oh. I did see a picture. And she it was is, very posed. Yeah, she was not yeah. great looking. It was so posed. She had she was at a <laughs> desk yes. or a table with like holding a piece. Of, it's probably yeah. the, it's probably on every wall of every yes, church. It is, and she's like looking up like yep. this and smiling, and it's like, oh, you just caught me. I was writing new Bible stuff. She always wore her <laughs> hair back. It's like yeah. wear your hair loose. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 what was fascinating about her is that in later days of her life she loosened up on a lot of the rules that she established really with her grandkids uh, we'll, put this, we'll put this up on on the Instagram yeah let me see yep that's the one that is oh, literally in every school you caught me mid channeling the yeah. word of god <laughs> so she pioneered vegetarianism and also also like instagram feed stuff yeah. where it's just like oh what this me yeah. journaling she's uh, holding one piece of paper like you wrote all those books. I'm I'm supposed to believe you did it loose leaf one by one. Well, we also know that that's completely staged because it took like four hours to take a picture back there then. <laughs> there so was no tired. candid moments. Uh, so then we have the doctrines of restoration. So Christ's yes. ministry in the heavenly sanctuary. Yes. Uh, the second coming. That is correct. Death and resurrection. That the dead are dead. Yes, that's they a big one. They only come back when Jesus returns. No ghosts until Jesus. Yep, that gets is correct. Here. I I remember reading that. So is it basically like that makes it sound like zombie apocalypse in a way? They're like us. They're like they're not. They come back like how they died. Okay. Okay. They're not like zombies. So it's less like crawling out of a grave and more like they just appear some. Like they're just. Like, oh, no, they come out of their graves. Okay. But they're not. Okay. But they're not zombies. They come out okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess it really, you know, it depends on your definition of zombie. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess by the literal definition of zombie. Like rotting. Okay. They, they don't crawl out rotting. No, they're, they're, they're healthy. If they come back to life and they're crawling out of a grave, my mind says, regardless, zombie. But okay. I guess. I guess it but wouldn't you be okay with zombies if like let's say you had a friend who passed away and they came back and they were exactly as they were I'd be like cool you're yeah, not trying to eat me you're chilling this we're... happened in Idle Hands with Devin Sawa oh wow and they were best buds okay I like through that. it all I think <laughs> <laughs> I think um then the other two we've got the millennium and the end of sin yes which again also these all feel like band names that play and and millennium feels a little outdated so the idea is that when jesus comes we'll like not necessarily be in heaven heaven we'll be on earth for a thousand years right so this is where some of the concept goes different because like evangelical beliefs or like hardcore christian beliefs seem to be like 
uh, beam of light pulled into heaven, no. different joint. No. This is, everything stays the same. You're just going to be here for a thousand years, but it'll be better. Yeah, the new Jerusalem comes down and lands on earth. Oh, so crazy to even talk about. And everyone's going to live there for a thousand years. And then the judgment day happens. How does everyone not get squashed? I think that's the idea, that the sinners get oh, squashed. And then the people that get to stay, it's like a Buster Keaton like house falling down. Yeah, but if you're, if, you're in the, yeah. if you're in the good, you're in the good. But if, <laughs> if the house smashed you, you're a bad boy. Uh, <laughs> That's how you find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how gruesome. Uh, yeah, and then after the thousand years, everyone comes back, and then that's when the videotape moment happens. Okay. Wow. Do they know where New Jerusalem is kind of supposed to be, or is it just like, we'll find out? I think we'll find out, but I think that a lot of people believe that it is on the land of Palestine. Okay. And that is why that great conflict over it is happening. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and that is all part of the new earth, which is the 28th stock, uh, yes. fundamental belief. 1,000 years, and then after that, we all go up to heaven. Wait, no, I flipped it. We go up to heaven, and then we come down for that thousand after a thousand years, and then that's where the new earth happens. Okay, so I flipped it. So it's go up, hang out in essentially an airport lounge. Everyone on earth who is a sinner is dead at this point. Right. Then come back down when all that all the sinners come back to life, and we all watch the tapes. Okay. All right. But this is after you've been in heaven for a thousand years. Yeah, but the people who didn't make it are just sleep. They're just chilling. Okay. No knowledge. Or maybe they're, I don't know, it's not really clear what happens with them. A lot of people d- d- disagree. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to follow this timeline. Yeah. So let's say, let's say it happens today. Yes. Okay. So what's the first thing that's... The first thing is you'll hear a trumpet. Okay. A loud trumpet, which signals that he's coming back. Then you hear a second trumpet and a third trumpet. Uh, so then he comes back and, like, essentially saying all those people, they just fall dead. Mm-hmm. And we all... All, everybody. The bad people. Okay, all the bad people. Then the good people go up to heaven. We chill there for a thousand years. Then when we come back, all the bad people come back to life Mm -hmm. and try to strike against Jesus one last time. And then they fail, and then Jesus plays the tapes. I just feel like the problem with prophecies is like, if that's what's going to happen, then don't come back. Stay in heaven. Yeah, because you want to keep being alive in sin. Well, um, if if what's supposed to happen is like all the uh, dead people are going to come back to life and attack the people that came back from heaven, mm-hmm. then don't come back from heaven. That's a really good point. Just it's heaven, right? Just stay up there. Like, yeah. Knowing what I know about humankind, I can't imagine that new earth is gonna. Well, there's no sin, so all the flaws okay. of humankind are gone. I see. I don't know. You I can mean... be horny and it's not an issue anymore. Exactly. Uh, okay. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, uh, essentially, Adventism is arguing that everything that's wrong with the wor- world is because of sin. Got it. And what's what's going on? Why does it take a thousand years? I don't know. I've never understood that it's idea. How long it takes to, like, prepare for jesus to prepare and all that that stuff that feels like a 3 a.m pitch and people needed to go home yeah Yeah. everyone's like like, yeah 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 yeah, 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 we'll just throw in a line like oh glad it oh 
we were not going to get that new piece for New Earth in yeah. a thousand years. So. Yeah, I was like, great. Thank you Perfect. so much. Great. That's the line, that's that's the line Ellen. Thank you. Yeah. Can we go to bed now? Yeah. yeah. Jesus uh, Christ, I got to not masturbate. And then the, ne- and then the next day in the room, it was like, let's talk about the thousand again. Like, no. no. And then it was like, until they ordered lunch, it was like a debate between thousand versus mm-hmm. like 500. Yeah, or, or 4,400 or whatever. Yeah. sin is gone. Or the devil's gone. And then by the time they ordered lunch from Panda Express, everybody was like, okay, okay. fine, a thousand. A thousand. We're not changing it. It's yes. done. Yes. Nadia and I are going to be in heaven after the second coming, and we're going to be waiting a thousand years. And uh, someone's going to be like, and what do we have to wait a thousand years for? And we'll be like, that! We were just... It's <laughs> exactly what we were trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, the phrase soul sleep came up. Is that in reference to the everybody hanging yes. out as not, not, not zombies? No, that's like... That's the part where the sinners just hang out on earth. Where did that phrase come up? Uh, that phrase came up, I'm going to find it, uh, in reference to uh, the idea that humans are an indivisible unity of body, mind, and spirit. And oh, they, yeah. They don't possess an immortal soul, Correct. and there's no consciousness after death. Correct. So, as opposed to, like, you die and your spirit goes on. No, you're just, dead. Your soul sleeps forever. That is correct. There's no reincarnation. No. You don't come back as a, as a bug if you fucked up. No. Gotcha. Uh, and then the idea that like conditional immortality is the wicked are not going to suffer in hell. No, there's no hell. They'll just be permanently destroyed. That is correct. Uh, there's no hell in, in, in Adventism. Got it. So closer. Oh, which so is ma- worse. There's so many. <laughs> you just cease to exist. Yeah. There's something kind of comforting about that. Like, oh, th- for a lot of other faiths, it becomes do the good thing now or else later you'll suffer. And in this version, it's it's a lot more shamey because mm-hmm. it's just like do the good thing now or else everybody's gonna find the fuck out and you're gonna be exposed yeah but at least you're exposed and then you're poof gone uh and you think about like yeah you think about how long it's gonna take for watching all the videos like that's gonna take over a thousand years over a thousand who's in charge of programming also like this is literally the whole everyone so everyone who has ever existed is going to just watch each other masturbate so many times. If that it turns out to be <laughs> a sin. So yeah, that's, there'd be so much having to watch people masturbate. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many flaws in this. Um, <laughs> These tapes are porn. That's what yeah. they are. This is yeah. just a shit ton of porn. Maybe that's just the big moments. <laughs> just the big highlights. Uh, <laughs> should it be pro? Do you think it should be programmed into blocks? Like when they play the tape, should it go like individually, or do you, does it be like? I think blocks like kind of sins go together, so yeah. like that. Like, yeah. like hey, here are the fun ones. I don't want to yeah. like sit and watch like all of one person's at once. Yeah, it's more yeah, more themed like an America's Funniest Videos yeah. episode. Like now, <laughs> let's do the. Now let's do the ones with pets. Yeah. An hour of gluttony with uh, with a Q and A with uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bob that's Saget mean. Voices. He lost a lot of weight after his heart attack. He did a great job. Yeah, he's he's working hard. He's working hard. We're proud of you, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> Come on the show, Kevin. We're proud of you and Askew Production. Is that View what it askew? is? View Askew. Yeah. We're proud of all of you. And if you if you want to watch a movie about um you know dissecting another religion, there's Dogma. Yeah. So see, look, I looped it. Yeah, look at there you, you go. Um, I'm trying. I'm looking through some of these other like distinctive doctrines. There's the idea of condition, uh, uh, the great controversy, which I mentioned, which is humanity is involved in a controversy between Jesus and Satan. Yep. Um, and that's the idea that like Lucifer was also an angel. Yep. Um, and then the idea that like 
the spirit of the prophecy, which is the ministry of Ellen G. White and her writings, you know, thinking of her as the prophet. That is correct. That stuff down, even that is though correct. it's just the head and the rock thing. Yes. Um, they're, like, they're golden. I feel like that covers all, like, the bigger distinctive stuff. Uh, yeah. How much of this stuff was, like, drilled into your head in school? Because we talk. All the time. Because uh, the time. Adventist schools are huge. Yes. There's a ton of them. There are so many of and them. And that was the most of your education. That's correct. Then. 95% of it. Okay. So walk us through what that was like, in, whether it's day-to-day or just sort of what you remember or stuff that I mean, it was out. just like everything you learned was with a, t- a twinge of Adventism. Like, you know what I mean? Like my religious classes had Adventism in it. And my history classes also framed things with things of Adventism. We'd start every class with prayer you know every class had its like class pastor and stuff like that and so there's always a religious element to what we were doing uh there's no prom you have banquets no dancings allowed um so it was just eating yeah okay it was i guess it was yeah prom was no dancing just eat again <laughs> now you're torn now you're like back on the and, side like, going people to- perform music and stuff like that we had to go to chapel every wednesday oh fucking chapel uh <laughs> Yeah, so there's just an extra element to it. What was the music scene like? Like, what were you allowed to listen to, and what was a lot of acoustic guitar? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, it depended. In Texas, we could get away with a little bit of stuff. I rapped at my graduation, but always religious, never scandalous, never anything sexy or anything like that. Sex was like non-existent, Mm -hmm. Uh, as they wanted us to think. But we, everyone was fucking. yeah, I, I, I want to hear more about this part, not because I'm horny, because I, I obviously had my cornflakes this morning, but because uh, the, there's so many, the, this seems to be common throughout anybody who goes to religious school, which is everybody is Everyone fucking. fucking. Um, and like, how much did that play into, say, were, were people just like, yeah, we're all fucking and it's fine, or was it they're fucking and that's both intriguing and scandalous, but also like, oh, fuck. They're, this is going to screw with them because it's on the tapes. I mean, I think I think that there was definitely an, a, a hinge of guilt on it and stuff like that. Like, you felt guilty for doing things like that because you wanted to be a good person and stuff like that. And you go to chapel and have these messages hit over the head of, like, Jesus died for your sins, Jesus died for your sins. So there's all this air of guilt around it. And I didn't really understand that until I would be around, you know, some of the people I dated later in life that weren't religious and... I would do something and feel immensely bad for it. And it's like, it's not that big of a deal. So I think it was like, you would do these things and you'd feel so guilty for it. And you'd pray or request and ask for forgiveness or do an altar call and mm-hmm. just ask for like, it was like this constant feeling of guilt yeah, and that someone was watching you. Right. And then you went to public. So you were in public school for sophomore and junior year. That is correct. Yeah. And then you went back senior year. How was how was going back? It was a mistake. Um, I did it because I fell in love with this girl, and then she cheated on me, and then I was like, I don't want to go back to that school, oh. so I went to private school. Uh, and oh, so it wasn't um, it wasn't like a religious reason. To not at all. To. I sold my parents that it was, but it okay, wasn't. Wow. Um, and like it was just a massive change, specifically in the quality of my education. Mm-hmm. My qual- the quality of my education massively dipped uh, because I think that Adventist schools some aren't as well funded as others. Like you know, a lot of it it has to come from private funding because there is no government funding because you can't make certain state. Uh, so oh, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was very difficult, I think, for my parents to see me 
kind of shoot my college career in the foot where I was going to the school idea, which was designed to send kids from a lower income community to very good schools. And then I went to South Texas Christian Academy, which essentially just took the, like if the amount of colleges I went to was like a bowl full of M&Ms. And then all of a sudden in a snap of a finger, it was like three or four M&Ms, all Adventist schools because of how it affected my GPA and stuff like that. And, yeah, it just it wasn't a good look. In fact, they were so not college focused that I distinctly remember, like they just focused on the Christian stuff so much more. I distinctly remember one time in March, our class sponsor was just like, "Oh yeah, have I talked to you guys about colleges yet? You guys should start applying like now." In March. In March. That's when you find out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Versus, I was in the system that like made you take your PSATs or all that stuff. And then like you had your list by the end of junior year, at the end of every year, you'd go on a tour of a specific region of America. Freshman year is West coast. Uh, Sophomore year is Midwest. Uh, Junior year is East coast. And you'd visit colleges and then write down questions and stuff like that. So like that difference was huge. I think in quality of education, but the social life aspect of it was a lot tighter because the same kids you're going to school with were the same kids you're going to church with. Mm-hmm. And you went back to the same school that you had been going to my freshman year freshman when year. I first showed up to Texas. Was it hard? Was it? What was it like going back? Did you have friends? Did I did have like friends because I went dying? to church with them every Saturday okay, and so stuff like that. Still, so I still knew yeah. a lot of them, but I think it was hard in that I had been in this educational system. That was all AP classes. And then anything with AP classes is an air of like challenging things yeah. and discussion that was not okay in Adventist school. Mm-hmm. If your teacher told you something was true, you had to kind of accept it as true. And that rung me the wrong way because yeah. that wasn't what the case was in my yeah, in my other learn. high school. Where it's hard to learn without being able to ask questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that was a huge case. And like adding some of the religious element to it as well, where I was taking Bible classes and I was like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And listening to my science teacher say things like, there's no such thing as evolution. Yeah. No, that's, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else? I mean, there's probably a lot. Let me rephrase this. Besides the quality of education, what were other things that like really stood out to you or maybe freaked you out when you made the transition to public school? Because you joined in your sophomore year. It wasn't like you did uh, K through eight Adventist school and then had this like giant fresh start. You're yeah. Like, just start and stop. Well, I think that the biggest jump for me wasn't even in high school. I think it was picking an Adventist college. Uh, and it was seeing that the way I was treated in high school was no different than how I was treated in college. And that was a major thing. I went to an Adventist college in Northern California, and you weren't allowed to step into a woman's dormitory at Mm -hmm. all. That was against the rules. You had a curfew of 11 p.m., and you weren't allowed to leave your room past 11 p.m. Uh, And college. Yeah, it's not... Why go? Exactly. Um, uh, People would do a room check in your room every night and stuff like that so i think it was stuff like that that that's when i was just like this is not okay and this is not how people should be treated did you graduate from that same no i dropped out okay um after going there for five years (laughs) yeah no i get it like after a point you go no yeah no thank you yeah i don't need this um 
Is there like a Harvard of Adventism colleges? Like, is like there a, a really elite school? Yeah. I'd say Andrews University or Loma Linda University are probably those two big top schools. Okay. And I went to the Penn State, which was the party school, Pacific Union College. Nice. The party school. In Adventist terms. Yeah, the Adventist party school. <laughs> like, as in, like, like, you don't have to go to church. And you don't have to dress up if you do. Stuff like that. Yeah. Got it. You yeah. wear jeans. Exactly. Hey, that was, like, a huge baby. thing. It was like, oh, man, I can go wear jeans and no one's going to say anything. Maybe even flip-flops? Exactly. Oh, no, hold on. We have school. to have a discussion about that. I might be taking it too far. I mean, uh, what did Ellen White think about flip-flops? <laughs> 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 you can't tell in the picture, but she's wearing. She's them. wearing them, yeah, yeah and then that giant okay skirt. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so uh, you mentioned earlier Pathfinders. Sure, were you a part of that? I was. Okay. Went all the way up to Master Guide. Okay. Uh, so the idea. Did you find anything about Pathfinders in your research? Uh, I know that I ran across the name, but it's I just, just it's just like Adventist Boy Scouts. So the idea was like making a thing for kids to do after school and stuff like that that was a lot more religious right um you had camperies that's right uh they were like a bunch of different pathfinder clubs from different churches so they all meet up in an area you have texas campery then you have the massive campery at oshkosh every three or four years where's oshkosh I don't know. I never got to go. Oh, I never like went. I went to I went to Texas Camperia a lot, okay. but I never went to Oshkosh. And that's basically everybody gather around a campfire and make s'mores and talk about God. Oh man, so much more events, competitions. Wait, sugar. Oh, you're right. Oh, but we God. made s'mores. Okay. When we made that's s'mores. Right. Get graham cracker. They're made with graham crackers. <laughs> graham crackers are fine. Mm-hmm. It's also a good way to kind of like keep your youth in line like 100% 100% distract them with drills and camperies and yes. stuff like that yeah. so that you're creating this solidarity so they're all going to stick together so they're all going to yeah Steve you you've nailed like like these things that like I took me years to realize what was happening but like well, we I had basketball tournaments and stuff like that like and we wore a uniform, khaki top, green pants, uh, and yeah. like it's very militaristic looking. I mean, much like the Boy Scouts. Yeah, there you go. I do like the bandana. Yeah, the bandana is cool, and then you have this little That's gold thing that you you, yeah. you put it through. Mm-hmm. It's great. And what I imagine, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the way you tie the bandana or something like that is probably one of the very few places where you can have any like sort of self-expression. Absolutely. Like at, at Absolutely. my job, everyone wears a uniform. But everyone wears sunglasses, and so the sunglasses are the one thing where you can kind of, like, branch out and show who you are. And yes. like the bandana is that. So this is the Master Guide uniform. It's the final all class right. in Pathfinders, like the final level that you can get to. All green, no khaki. All green, no khaki. You get the cool hat. Imagine a flight attendant wearing a military hat with a bandana around her neck. And you used to care about the badges. So Pathfinders have this sash, as you see, with all your badges on it. And I used to like really see other people and be like, man, they have more badges than me. And you really cared. Like you said, it was just a system to keep me entertained. Exactly. Keep you occupied. Because if you're busy trying to collect badges, you're not thinking, wait a minute. Cornflakes, maybe <laughs> not horny. Yeah, and cords. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple cords. Exactly. You're too busy getting those cords. Um, did you ever go to the uh, Adventist Day camps? Like yes, camps? like Camp Victory Lake. Shout out. Uh, what was the big one in Texas? Fuck. 
I can't remember. I only went a couple of times. But yeah, I went to camps all the time. Yeah. I worked at a camp okay. in That's Arizona. Uh, I was a videographer for Camp Alpha Pines in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, were you really good at any particular camp activity? Yeah. Uh, there was this one activity that they would do, which was catch the gorilla. And someone in the staff would dress up as a gorilla and run through the camp at random points. And the kids would chase them and try to find out who was under the gorilla mask. And I was, I never got caught. That sounds so, like, such a simple, easy, but also the most fun. It is. The kids (laughs) would lose, they would lose their minds because, like, it would be, like, during, like, early morning worship. And they'd just be talking. And all of a sudden, one kid would be like, wait a minute, what's that rustling in the bush? they'd go, gorilla! And then the gorilla just books it. And then... (laughs) They would lose their mind. Kids are so stupid. <laughs> it was really it's like fun. when you get it's like when you get a kid a toy and they care more about the box. Like that's what that reminds me. Of. But it's that like, but that's what hurts me the most about the camp is that it targets that right and it's all fun and games and then Friday it's like I watched it happen five weeks because I was there for five weeks and then Friday night they wind down and it slows down and then that's when someone gives this really passionate message about God and sin and then on Saturday they watch Jesus get crucified and it hurts them and then they watch him come back and then they go. He did that for you, so why don't you get baptized? And I think that's too fucking heavy for kids. Yeah, that's that's such a manipulation. Absolutely. Like, Here, have fun all week, treats and gorilla chasing and all that, and then all right, now we've got them where we want them. Yes, it one. I watched it happen for. I think that camp, and I, I'm trying to like. I've been trying to work on like a feature about it. Like that's where I saw the machine. Like I was like, yeah. holy fuck. It was like hook, line, and sinker every time. Kids got in that pool and got baptized. Are you still in touch with people from camp? Not really. People from like school or I'm yeah, of course. I have a bunch of Adventist friends. I have Adventist friends that live out here. Uh, My roommates uh, at the time when I first moved here, Kingsley and Cali, went to that school, but were not Adventists. But yeah, I think we all kind of feel the same way about it. Of like, we're all out of it. Do you Uh, have any? friends that are still in it oh yeah well big time big time my brother is still very much so in it and stuff like that yeah is that tough yeah we don't really get along yeah um just because there's just a difference in opinion and like and how we handle things uh this is a loaded question load it up i'm gonna ask it anyway before i shoot it off uh that's that's great that was, was great. Um, was talking I've, I've the never seen gun. a gun. Yeah. Uh, we'll I make it our, uh, our last question. They were two religions, but it were both pacifists. Uh, do you feel like uh, Seventh-day Adventism is a cult, or is it a legit religion? It's a legit religion. Okay. I, I think like it, it, it's no different than any other religion. It's maybe a little bit stricter, but I don't think it's a cult. Uh, because... I don't think that it's as damaging to a person as some cults can be. Like, you know, like there's no asking of alienating yourself from your friends or family or anything like that. I think that you just end up socializing with these people because you spend so much time with them. Right. Right. Like I texted my cousins because I'm going to New York next week and I was like, hey, let's hang out. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have Pathfinders until two. And I was like, oh, right. Like, so like that's why you're so in it, I think. But do I think there's a lot of problematic things in the religion? Yes. Do I think that'll be around in the next 50 years? I don't think so. I think that Adventism is going to get rocked in a way that it might not be able to handle in that technology provides such a huge threat to so many of the things that religion relies on, which is a lack of knowledge. Right. And keeping people isolated, whereas the internet spreads information. Exactly. I'm just thinking, like, if they made a movie about LNG, like, how much of that would go away? 
And who would you cast? To like, like to, if there was like one definitive movie or something where people could go, oh, I yeah, think I it would work today. I think yeah. it would work today because she ran through a lot of sexism and like mm. a lot of people not thinking that she was qualified because she was a woman to lead. So I think if any time for that movie to be made, it's now. This March in Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's her name? I'm, Coming I'm, to you. I'm casting. I'm casting Anne Dowd. Oh, oh, that's a great cast. You know, what that's a great did. cast. The, the leftovers. leftovers. Oh yeah. The only reason why it's not a great cast is she's so much older than Ellen G. White was. But I think that like that's but still the look. Yes. They look so old. Because back then you didn't have to look young. You could just yeah. get old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edgar, thank you so much. Thank for you coming so on. much why for having me. That? Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we mentioned the Wokus already on Citra Premium. Check that out. Uh, you can use the code Wokus for a free month of Citra Premium. But also, I'm writing on this show for Fox called What Just Happened. It comes out on uh, June 30th at 9.30 p.m. Check it out. Thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you, for having you. me. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the podcast, share it with everyone you know, any way you know how. Subscribe, like, rate, and review us on iTunes. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, you can email us at whydoyouknowthatpod at gmail.com. Or if you're more of a picture person, follow us on Instagram at whydoyouknowthatpod. Or, hey, if you want to hang out on Twitter, follow us on whydoyouknowpod. Different, because Twitter has weird restrictions when it comes to characters and handles. Let's do this again sometime. Okay. Okay.